Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Titans, live from London, UK, all the way to the US of A and worldwide. I'm your host, Callum L, and this is Talk with the Titans. I'm actually going to re-welcome everybody to part two of the Amon Ra squad, no pseudo ship allowed in the conscious community at all. Um... You know, if you're just tuning in right now, uh, please hit that share button. Let everybody know that we are actually live and we've, um, you know, there's a new link to actually watch the show. So please share this, share this right now. I don't think we're going to start until you shared it all the way through. And let's get the numbers back up to everybody who was watching our previous shows. So if you're watching this now and you haven't watched the part one version of Armin Ra Squad, no pseudos allowed, please go on to the uh, Titans TV uh, YouTube page and go back into the playlist, which is uh, Talk with the Titans, and click on to the no pseudos allowed Armin Ra Squad get abreast of the information I was talking about in part one, and now we're entering into part two, and we're actually going to start talking about peer review. We're going to start talking about peer review, and why it is so important that peer review is, is actually um, established and initiated inside of the conscious community. Peer review is something that takes place in academia in general, and of course, of course, of course, of course, Amon Ra's squad is literally the spearhead of, um, you know, the academia within inside of the conscious community. I think the conscious community might even be too small for the type of work that the uh, Amon Ra squad does because the Amon Ra squad not only um, you know, are authors of several uh, books, but they're also, uh, you know, doctors that actually work with inside of academia. They're actually, um, you know, have their own uh, DVD or animations that's teaching children wonderful information, you know, as well as having their own clothes. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Amon Ra Squad is the leading um, academic uh, research and publication team um, that we have over here in the US and in the UK being a Team Osiris member myself. Um, so you know what, I'm actually going to go straight into um, my brother Anka Kek just to set the standards and then Ish and the rest of the Team Os sorry, the rest of Amon Ra squad just join in. So, um, peer review, why is it so important to be peer reviewed? Uh, I got a little book I put together uh, Real Black Atheist Scholar, The Return of the Great Ones, uh, uh, Those Who Wrote and Challenged History. Most people don't know about this, all right? And in this book, right, I put a collection of articles, right? Um, and it talked about peer review in here, all right? Now, peer review is basically just uh, when your peers come together to review your work, you know, it's not even hard. I mean... It's just simple. So if say you're um, um, like the works we produce, and I, I'll you know I'll hand my work out to the brothers and sisters before I put it out in the public, and I'll let them review it to see exactly if the standard is keeping with where we're supposed to be at, right? And so for instance, if you're going to deal with um, matters of science, quantum physics, which is science, things like that, right? You have to submit your works to uh, the scientific community to deal with that, and um, uh, Ali Baba Muhammad was asked a question. He was asked on that couch. He said, well, uh, Dr. Oya asked him, well, well, is your work peer-reviewed? He said, hell no. I'm not going to let no cracker review, review my work. And, well, you just discounted yourself. 
because all, all really is really going on is if you got certain data, right, you should always release that data. Allow your peers, right, scientists, whatever it is, subject you're working on, to review it and see if he comes up with the same conclusions that you came up with with that data. That's not even hard. And, 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 and I'm thinking that our community has really fallen short. Because we produced a lot of works that weren't weren't looked at by other peoples in certain fields. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So 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 when my book come out, before it come out, right, I'm gonna make sure all the brothers have a copy. They're gonna review over it and see what it is. It, and it's not hard. So peer review is a very, very important process. And so they got like journals. Okay? Uh these journals, these international journals. Where people around the world uh, submit their work, and it's important, and, and, and it's important because if not the whole international community, right, then things might get skewed. Bad enough, you got people on the cheap make up stuff. Uh, we see it all the time. So we need everybody's thought process on this. So when, when you make the statement of white man science and all that, that's it's not true. I mean, it's you got you got a wealth of people like they. No one ever talks about. Um, in my book, I talk about the leading paleontologist, um, Holly Selassie. Talk about the sister. She's a leading uh, paleontologist in Somalia. I mean, we got black people. Uh, man, with the very museum we was at. You got Tyson Neal de Grey. Uh, his office is in that museum, Museum of Natural History, in New York. And so when you we, you got Dr. Oya, she is she is actually uh, written uh, works that have been submitted in journals in John Hopkins. I mean, we don't want to show off, but it's the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And her peers, you know what I'm saying, have reviewed it and deemed it worthy. So it's uh, even if you're a pseudo, right? You should at least let the pseudo community review your work and say it's pseudo review. Now we can respect that. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I, I, I would say that in agreement with my brother, Aunt, there's also a fine line of the credibility that some people may seek by getting a, a, a seal of approval by uh, Western civilization or Western education. Uh, that we really need not seek uh, in totality of what uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad had stated. He stated that, you know, the reason why he gave a reason why he did not release his works to be reviewed by the European um, is because that they are not his peers. He specifically said that he would release his books or his works to be reviewed by Amir Rasquad and fellow uh, African Center scholars in order to vet his work for any errors and make corrections upon that. Um, I personally, I, I don't have any problem if there's works for me to be submitted. I, I will submit it out to the open and let it be critiqued by uh, anyone. You know, there's been official writings that have been out there to be reviewed, refuted if, if necessary. Um, you know, to be reviewed by, by the peers. For your peer review, you would be with someone with like minds, like values, like educational levels and for them to vet your work 
and then see where the errors are in order to correct it. We do that. We have a built-in vetting program within Amiral Squad, which keeps all of us at the top of our game. It's a very successful way of a controlled environment of making sure that the works before it goes out to the public, that the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And it's something that keeps us at the top of our game on point. And it's a great, uh, a very great uh, benefit that we have. It is. Yes, sir. You can't, you can't submit no daggone uh, <laughs> DNA thing to me, man. You need to get people to actually got labs. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Like, well, like, come on, man. Yeah, uh, like yeah. Ali crazy. Yeah. Man. I mean, I, I, at the end of the, at the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like you proved, you're gonna have to engage into the yeah. academic intellectual warfare yeah. Yeah. with the people that you're waging waging the war upon. So yeah. If you're walking into a laboratory and you're talking about the land of Mu and Lumeria, show the public how you do that yeah. so that the public can see how you get laughed out of the laboratory as soon as you step up with that theory yeah. that you're projecting. So sooner or later, if you're coming with a certain level of, of information, it's going to be either challenged or refuted, or you're just talking to people that you really don't want your work critiqued by. You know, so I think, you know, I guess... Even within us, if you bring the works to us, it will be critiqued uh, academically, you know, and feelings, you know, should not get hurt, but they may get hurt if it's not academically feasible. Yeah, and uh, I tell you where you're getting the problems with. I remember you contacted the Churchwood family. Am I correct in that? Yes, I did. Yes. And I remember the podcast they did. Yes. The white boy was like, unbeknownst to me, that there were people out there teaching that my grandfather's work <laughs> that moved some kind of way was the start of civilization. <laughs> he said, we wouldn't want to disrespect the African community because Africa is the motherland. He said that, remember that? He said we had no idea that yes, there were people out there teaching that, using our grandfather's work for that. I'll never forget that, bro. He was genuinely amazed. He was amazed that someone would stand up in front of groups of people and teach that the civilization of the land of Mu is the mother of all civilizations. He was genuinely surprised because he could not understand why I was attacking his family so viciously. But our children do not deserve to be mentally abused by anyone attempting to lift uh, a false history and impose it into their heads. Anyone who's trying to take the old mother Africa, that's war. So he was surprised at the, the veracity that he was being attacked, but once he saw for himself what was being taught to our people, he, as a church ward family, said, what can I do, number one, to get you off of my chest? And number two, how can I right this wrong? And he specifically denounced those people who were teaching that false pseudo history. He did that immediately. And um, I just want to say something to peer review. There, there's a difference between something being peer reviewed versus something simply being uh, critiqued by you know just anyone. Peer, peer review involves uh, people reviewing your work who are also competent, and that's the key word, competent in the field 
or the subject matter in which that you're writing in or that you're discussing. So you can't have just anyone uh, review, even though you because I hear some people using the word peer as a racial thing, you know, because they look like me, they appear like me, but the the peer part is is your mental competency of the subject matter. So I think that needs to be uh, stressed because you you just can't have people that look like you review your work and they're not competent in it to to discern whether you have accuracy or inaccuracies in it, and then give that stamp of approval on it. Then you march it forward like, hey, my work has been peer reviewed. It doesn't work like that. Very good point. It sure does. Don't they wish it worked like that? And you know, since we're back again, um, you know, we're about to go into a nice lengthy discussion um, on pseudoism within inside of the community, how to avoid pseudoism, you know, what what are the proper uh, methods of uh, research and study uh, that you know what academics or academia uses. Um, so we're going to go into all that very shortly. Um, but real quickly, if you're just tuning in right now. I'm actually going to implore you to please um, just simply share this link um, with the rest of your friends um, and tell them to join Titans TV, okay? Uh, Titans TV, we literally have loads of conscious lectures, discussions, and interviews like we're having right now, this very second, with the Amon Ra Squad. And I believe we've had the Amon Ra Squad on various times on our show uh, discussing evolution and creation. Um, we've had people like Dr. Ali Muhammad, um, Dr. Ma uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad, uh, Irritated Genie, um, Gano Grills, Red Pill, Team Osiris, um, you know what, uh, Zion Lex, Harry Rosenberg in the studio. So if you want to see great shows like this and listen to the titans, the greats, um, you know what, with inside of the conscious community, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button and tune into all of our Talk with the Titans shows. Our shows come on um, every single Wednesday, and we have emergency shows as well. Last week, we actually had um, a couple, a Babalao and an Epetebi, uh, come in to discuss IFA um, system, which is the West African uh, Nigerian Yoruba system or spiritual system. Uh, and that was absolutely amazing, phenomenal. I'm actually going to be going for my reading very soon, um, so I might even have to do a quick vlog for that, for you to see what actually takes place when you go for a reading. And of course, um, we've got our speakers corner um, section, um, where we have loads of debates. Literally, uh, we have debates on all types of subjects, from Muslims to Jews to Christians to atheists, um, to Sikhs, uh, everybody gets involved. I bet you never knew that black atheism is on the rise. I don't know whether they've been, they've been listening to Unk, but trust me, black atheism is on the rise in the UK. Um, and of course, we've got our sister show, which is uh, Trending Topics. Uh, trending Topics, we've got the sisters um, who who tune in and uh, uh, give us their opinions on certain situations. We've obviously got our team of set member, uh, which is our founding co-host uh, for the Trending Topic show. Uh, they did last week uh, Beyonce, The Backlash, and The FNMN Agenda with the cross-dressing of Will Smith's son, as well as slut-shaming, uh, which was made popular by Amber Rose. Um, so yeah, definitely check out all of the great shows that we do have on Titans TV. Um, 
of course, again, I'm going to implore you to please hit the share button, hit the share button and let everybody know who was on the previous link to come in and watch part two of the show. Later on as well, we're going to actually have uh, callers calling in to actually ask the Armin Ra squad some questions and to give their commentary as well. So I'm actually going to go back into the Armin Ra squad right now. And um, you know what? I want to know. What do I want to know from the Armin Ra squad? You know what? Let me, you see this? Yeah. Go ahead. Man, this is my mail for the day. Alright? See, this is my mail for the day. Books, right? Science journals. Look, for the this, this for the day. Talking about the gravitational waves, what they reveal reveal about uh reality, right? That's that, you know, they talking about how they finally seen the gravitational waves, right? Right here, this is going to be my read for the morning. It's called Sea Change, right? Seagrass. Genome reveals key adaptation of a flowering plant that returned to the ocean. See, this is talking about evolution right here, okay? And how certain flowering plants are returning back to the ocean, and they study the genome to know why. So while y'all running around talking about that ain't real, that ain't real, it's going down, all right? It's going down. So, so Kalam, go in that when you get a chance, go in that chat room, and let's answer some of them dumb questions like why baboons are still around, right? Watch this. Why are baboons still around, right? If if humans are here, here's a good point for you. These are all magazines, right, Kalam? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, right. Scientific magazines, of course. Okay, but they did. Let's just look at, and they're made out of paper, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say. One magazine go this way, one go that way, right? And they meet back up. One is a daggone human and one is a daggone baboon, right? Does that mean that the baboon had to die out for that human to be here, bro? Do you no. see that? I'm going to say it again. Same magazine. They split and go in two different directions. Environmental presses affect each magazine differently. By the time they meet up again, that don't mean that this magazine had to die out because this magazine is something different from that magazine. See y'all stay in checkmate, cause y'all dumb. Now, you know, I'll, you know, would it work as well if you had, let's say, three magazines? So you have three magazines, okay? Three magazines. Um, let me let me bring out let me bring the three right now. Give me one second. I'm gonna bring out three Ugh, from my list right here. We got three magazines. Let's say, for example, you know, one of them stays still. The other one goes towards, let's say. A very wet environment. The other one goes towards a very hot environment. Right. What's going to happen to this? What's going to happen when the water touches this magazine or this book? That's the one that went where to the dry environment, right? To the wet environment. That went to the wet environment. Okay, yeah, it's going to change. It's going to change. It's going to get soggy. It's going to get, you know what? Might mold might even start growing on it. A new organized organism might attach itself to it. It might change its appearance. From the one that stood still, this one went into a hot environment. What's gonna happen to it? Mm. It's gonna stay dry. It might even turn crispy. But at the end of the day, they all came from this one, but just the others have different environmental pressures that alter and change its form and what? composition. I don't understand. I don't know why it's hard to understand. Whoa, whoa, I, th I, th I think human beings have an ego issue. 
you know, we can learn about it happening to plants, we can learn about it happening to, um, you know, certain animals, but when it comes to organisms that favor us or look similar to us or are us, we just cannot accept it. Hey, I don't know why. Salam, here's one for you. Everybody listening to this show, right, they will all agree, they will all agree that um, uh, artificial selection or artificial breeding is real because we know all canines of the day come from the gray wolf. And that did not happen naturally. It happened artificially. Human beings did that. Human beings took the gray wolf, right? And those gray wolves that weren't as aggressive, right? The humans were able to feed. And so some of the wolves recognized if I chill out, I can get more food. And so the humans took those that were less aggressive and fed them and mated them back with more or less aggressive, uh, quote-unquote, gray wolves. They selected the traits that were more favorable with human beings. Just like the pit bulls. They breed them to be vicious. So they breed the, the more vicious dogs together, and you get a more vicious dog. The same way with racehorses, right? They selectively breed racehorses. Like the champion won the triple crown, they'll, they'll, they'll breed that with another another winner to get those traits of a winner. But back to the great wolf. All dogs today extend from the great wolf based off of the human beings doing it. But the human beings, right, had a goal in mind. So if human beings can do it, what makes you think Mother Nature can't do it? That's called tomfoolery. The difference between Mother Nature and humans doing it is Mother Nature does not have an end result already pegged out. That's called checkmate. Y'all can't get around that. Because if you agree that all canines come from the great wolf, nature didn't do that, human beings did that. Now, very, very interesting, Kalam. How do they get around that? They can't get around that. They're over in their little corner on YouTube right now looking real dumb. See, so you telling me human beings can breed selectively and form different types of canines, but Mother Nature can't do the same thing? Really? Man, y'all don't read enough, man. They don't read enough, Kalam. They don't read enough. See, see, they never thought about that. That's in that video. That's in them slides we got. That's that's Kalam. Do you know how easy it is to understand that? Human beings is called artificial selection. Can select the traits that they want to select and breed them together. They get that same trait over and over and over again, bro. They can uh, make certain dogs get smaller dogs. Make certain big dogs get bigger dogs. Humans can do that. So why can't Mother Nature that is far more powerful than just single human beings do it? True, true. And you know what? I just want to sidetrack this conversation ever so slightly. Um, earlier on, you was mentioning about uh, when you was actually on your tour, going to the different museums, and you met up with uh, a particular individual who is a descendant of the person who uh, brought up the idea of Mu and Lemuria. Is that correct? No, you got that all mixed up. That was okay, brother. Go ahead. Ish. That was brother Ish. Go ahead, Ish. He he just ran across the person's the grandkids. Go ahead, Ish. Yeah, and back in back in like about 2009, uh, the the Churchward family, which is uh, one of the 
the families that was a proponent of the land of Mu, uh, James Church Ward. <clears throat> um, I came across his family in order to dispel the myth of this land of Mu and Lemuria. Um, I uh, waged war on the family in order to, to change the minds of our people. So in other words, I wanted to go to the source of, of this particular myth and challenge this myth on either proving that claim or coming forward and denouncing the falsehood that their ancestors have been perpetrating. And I contacted the Church Ward family and uh, I came, uh, once we uh, had an agreement um, of them, of them not, not being able to prove that particular history, they came forward with uh, videos uh, denouncing their family's work as far as the validity of this land of Mu claim, as well as uh, trying to correct the errors of what's been put forth by their ancestor. So that, that's how we end up getting on that building. I think your, your mic is muted, brother. Just uh, just uh. Yeah, I was just literally saying that is absolutely powerful. You literally got them to change and overturn all of that. You know what? And I'm watching your top. You've got an Armin Ross squad uh, hoodie on right now. Yeah. And I just want you lot to just let me know where can we actually purchase some of the material that you've got on right now. Man, you can go to the stores, man. We got, uh, man, everybody, eventually everybody's going to have a store on the platform. You can go to AmaralSquad.org, AmaralSquad.org, right? Uh, you can go to the Amaral Squad Marketplace. Go to the Marketplace, and you can actually get um, uh, the gear. You know, this is one of, this is part, this is the Amaral Squad No Pseudo. We got the No Pseudo gear, No Pseudo hats, you know what I'm saying? Meaning we're authentic. Okay, um, I gave the definition of what no pseudo was. What pseudo is is just no pseudo around here. So we're not, um, you know, we're just not buying that, man. We got all the gear. Uh, we got the microwave scholarship shirts. Man, we, we, we got, man, we, we got the gear, bro. So and I know that you got that fresh RBG. Africa. Got the shoes. Got the shoes. Got the leather shoes should be coming out at the end of the month, the beginning of the next month, maybe two weeks into next month. Got the leather hot tops coming out. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it is what it is, man. And um, you know, I'm, sh I'm sure I've seen this Black African Power. I'm just looking right now on the website. I'm pretty sure I've seen this Black African Power uh, T-shirt with the African fist uh, coming out. I'm sure I've seen this over here in the UK. I'm positive I've seen this over here in the UK. Yeah, that's it right there, man. Wow. The Black African Power right there, man. You know, because everybody is African on the planet, yo. But it's only us, yo, the black Africans, man. So so if I wanted to get something like this shipped over here, how much is it going to cost me in terms of shipping? No, you got to do is order is going to tell you. All right. Yeah. All right. That's that's good. That's good. You know what? We, what else have you got on this um, Amon Ross Squad page? Got some books. You got right here, you got the Magile, Multimedia, Hacker, Multimedia. That's the, he got the name. He got the most. You know, he's just hogging up the space. Wow. That's the Magi right there. He got the book. The Magi right here. We've got his book. And we've got his apparel as well. But I um, want to go. Let's go on to the Heco Multimedia because we need to start supporting our own. Yeah, uh, yeah. They buying from our own and supporting our own. Yeah, they are the chain. Oh, man. 
So we've got yeah, the women's clothing, yeah. men's clothing, children's yeah, yeah. clothing. Yeah, yeah, same. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm just, we're here, we're here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out of this because I know, you know, there's so much we can actually look at right now. You know, let's actually support our own. Um, you know what? We spend so many, so much money, three hundred pounds or three hundred dollars for new sneakers. You know, you know, fifty dollars for new sneakers. You know, supporting your own. Like, come on, let's do this. Like, let's let's get black economics or group economics on full flow. So you know what? And, and just just to let your listening audience also know, we're doing some great additional upgrades to the website. Also, we'll be offering some exclusive content which deals with a lot of our exclusive information. We'll have private interviews. We'll have uh, celebrity and uh, special guests that are coming through to share important information for our, our members only. And our members only are for paid members that will have that access as well as discounts to some of the live feeds of what we'll be offering in the future. You can get that information on our website. And I think Brother Ankh wants to highlight some, uh, some work right now. No, that's real, yo. We need to start having that paid content uh, for support. We got over 10,000 members in the group. And if 10,000 members in the group gave us a dollar a month, man, that's $10,000 a month that we could use uh, to go around and lecture for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To go around and start schools. A dollar from everybody. Go figure that. I mean, it's not hard, man. It's not... It's not hard. It's not complicated. It don't take a lot from everybody, man. And that's like the biggest lesson I learned from Marcus Garvey because they gave like pennies and quarters and all that. You, you know what I'm saying? So, mm, interesting. That's interesting. So, hold on. You're telling me how many people you've got in your group? Over 10,700, yeah. something like that. Yeah, we have like, like 11,000 or, or yeah, something like that as we're, as we're growing. And it's a very active form. Uh, your listening audience is welcome to join. It's Amira Squad Scholarship on Facebook. Again, Amira Squad Scholarship. You can get the most up-to-date information of things and projects that we have that are taking place. We welcome anyone to come in as long as you are of indigenous persuasion and you're open-minded. If you're coming in with a false ideology, please stay away. If you're coming to disrupt the vibe and the information and the flow as it goes to our people, please stay away. And if you are anti-African, please stay away. Anyone else is more than welcome to join. We'll, we'll welcome you. We'll embrace you. We'll learn from you. And we'll be happy to also teach you. Yeah, yeah. We'll beat you up, too, with that scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where you at, Dr. Oyar? Where you at? I'm right here. Hotep, hotep, hotep. Got the sister in the building. Hotep, great mother. Hotep, King, how are you? All is Ish, well. Can you hear me? Yes, Dr. All Dr. Is well, Dr. Mayad, peace and love, man. Peace and love, oh, Dr. Peace, King, how are you? How are I'm you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm great, Queen. I'm great. I'm great. Congratulations so, on the, so what is, what um, the, is the, bill? the whole project. What is by the bill the way. tonight? Oh, thank you so much, King. Thank you so much. So, what are you guys building on tonight? We're going to talk about the cartoon, the animated lesson. Jump right in. All right. But before I came in, what were you guys building on? Because I heard Bu Ish, Brother Ish said he didn't want anybody. Project, see? 
Dr. Oya Mathematical Ma'at. <laughs> <laughs> Is that brother uh, Wajiru? Wajiru? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> and brother Kalam. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, King. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Finally, we've actually got you, um, you know, on Talk with the Titans. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on here. I'm sorry that I'm late, but uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. And uh, so you guys are building on economics tonight, huh? Anything we want to talk about, period. Okay. Pseudo shit. All right. we you say what, brother? Um. Pseudo shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally singing oh, your man. praises. We were singing your praises on um, the animation that you've got out, that you built around your family, uh, teaching them about economics. Uh, you know, showing them they can do for self, create their own business. Uh, you know, be their own producers of their own work, being uh, voiceovers, actors, etc. So I don't know if you could just give us a quick, um, you know, not even a quick, give us a run-through of um, Ed Anime and this wonderful project that you have going on. Okay, fantastic. Well, um, Ed Anime Productions, a company that I created, uh, a co-founder with my, my children, my family, my cousins, about two years ago. Um, Ed Anime is short for Educational Animation and we create educational products for elementary and middle school children in the areas of history, mathematics, and science. Uh, in October 2014, we started on our first uh, history series entitled Meltrek. Mel is short for melanin. Trek means journey, so we're taking you on a journey to understand the history and culture of a melanated people. Uh, we released our first episode or the first installment of the series, which is going to consist of um, eight animated lessons. And the first lesson is entitled Exploring Ancient Africa. Okay. Now, the storyline involves a magical teacher by the name of Miss Lofton. And I name Miss Lofton in honor of a teacher, um, my ninth grade uh, high school teacher, who actually sparked. Uh, the desire in me to learn my history. So, you know, I named her in honor of her. So Ms. Lofton takes five of her students, Bunchy, who was named in uh, honor of Bunchy Carter, Percy, who was named in honor of Huey P. Newton, Michelle, who was named in honor of Michelle Obama, and then we have two um, foreign characters, Jesse and Chin. So she sends these five characters back in time to explore uh, different eras African-American history and the first era that we explore is pre-diaspora Africa and and the objective of the, the first installment is to show our children that they that our history does not begin with slavery you know that we once had you know our own kingdoms our own pharaohs and queens and you know, our own resources, control of our natural resources. So that is really the objective of the first episode. So we, we start their journey in the Nile Valley, and we teach them about the pyramids. Uh, we teach them about the black pharaohs and black queens. They learn about King Nama, Zosar, Hetchisep, um, Cleopatra. Um, then we take them over to the west part, uh, well, the western region of um Africa and some about Ghana 
and we teach them that before Ghana was known as the Slave Coast, it was known as the Gold Coast, um, and the, it was known as the Pepper Coast and the Ivory Coast, and we teach them about uh, Sundi Adikita and some of the rulers of Ghana, Mali, and Songhai. Then we take them to the Central Region and teach them about the Congo, uh, the Congo region, the Twa people, and we take them down to Zimbabwe and we talk with them, go further south and teach about uh, the Zulu. So all around Africa and teach them about um, different things and different people. And uh, currently we're working on episode two where we're going to explore pre-Columbian America. So I know that that's getting ready to shake up the world because we're going to highlight uh, the African presence in the Americas prior to Columbus. So we're going to mention the great explorer. Some people call him Abubakari, but I think, and Brother Ishmael can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the correct pronunciation of his name is Abu Bakr. Um, I think it's Abu Bakr. Yes, but we're going to, yes, it's Abu Bakr. So we're going to mention him. We're going to mention the 17 shipwrecked Africans who landed in Ecuador and ruled a province in Ecuador. We're going to also mention the uh, African king who lived in Bolivia, whose name is, I want to say is Benefiso Panido. Um, so we're going to highlight that there was an African presence in the Americas uh, prior to Columbus. And I, and, I, and I want to add this disclaimer um, because I had some dialogue with a few Native Americans on um, on Instagram. In no way, shape, or form are we trying to usurp uh, the history of the Native Americans in Meltrek Episode 2. We're only trying to highlight our history and let our children know that it's a misconception that the first time Africans were on a boat was during the African diaspora. Or that was the first time that we traveled the seas or been to the quote-unquote new world. So in no way are we trying to usurp Native American culture or history and, and claim to be the founders and builders of it. What we are simply trying to do with Meltrek SO2 is to highlight that there was an African presence here in the Americas prior to the Spanish explorers. Hey, that, hey, you know what? And see, that's where that pseudo ship come in. Because we got a lot of pseudo information out there. Right. Exactly. We got a exactly. lot of pseudo information out there, man. And so when you when you bring up that episode, people automatically jump to their guns. But they, they got yeah. something coming. They got something coming, boy. They got something coming. Yeah, I mean, it, Trust me. they do. You know, I've already been receiving backlash from it. And I'm, you know, haven't even put it out there yet. But they do. They think that when you say, hey, there was an African presence in the Americas, they, they automatically assume that, you know, you're trying to say that, you know, we came over and we built this or we did that, like we're trying to ebonize their culture. And, yeah. and that's not my objective in Meltrek um, episode two. I just want our children, I want our babies to know, on, you know, prior to the African diaspora, we mentioned the um, papyrus ship. In the Pyramid of Khufu, uh, we mentioned the 10,000-year-old uh, old ship in Dalfuna. I want to say that's Nigeria. Uh, and, and, and we talk about, I think it's Seneferu um, who, um, who built a fleet of ships. So we talk about the shipbuilding 
in Africa, I'm sorry, in Africa, and we mentioned, you know, African exploration by, you know, highlighting the fact that we were here, you know, prior to the African diaspora. So, yeah, there is a lot of pseudo, there are a lot of pseudo claims that, you know, Africans were the aborigines of, you know, the Americas, and that's not what we support. And so I just wanted to add that disclaimer. Um, you know, I'm going to add that disclaimer track episode too. That's not, you know, what Ed Anime Productions is doing. We're not trying to usurp, you know. Oh, the you got some good information on there that people ain't never heard. That's what's really happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, like, like, you know, I tried to beat it up. You smacked me up. You feel me? So, come on, man. You you know, <laughs> He was like, ah, 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 bam, bam. Like, oh, oh, let me get, oh, oh. <laughs> oh he sure, you sure ah. did. Seen it, you sure did. Seen as I said oh. I was going to mention the African presence, oh, my goodness, you had a heart attack. No, we weren't over. No, no. In coupling the scholarship of, of what comes out through the Meltrek series, I think it is very important for us to dive deeper into um, the African presence in the Americas uh, pre-Columbus as well as even post-Columbus. There's been a deletion of the African presence and the influence uh, within the Americas. So even just after Columbus, uh, you know, the second president of Mexico was African. They ignore that. They delete that history. How do you delete the second president of Mexico being African? You know, wow. and why don't our children know that? You know, and, and what about the, the influence of, of so many other uh, things within the Americas of, of, you know, our children don't know that the, the, the state of New Mexico was founded by an African. They don't know that, you know. So how did, this, how did this, this, this African found New Mexico that's still acknowledged today by the, um, the, the, the New Mexican Indian tribes? Why do they wear that crescent moon around their neck? How, did, how was it delivered to them? Our children need to know that because when they go through New Mexico and they see these turquoise pieces of these crescent moons, they need to know the root of that is an African. You know? So, and, and, and you know, how influenced was it? Why were they writing uh, uh, these African scripts and, and Arabic scripts and speaking certain languages in certain locations in the Americas? We need to explore that even more. And it That's will right. couple and validate the great works of what's done in Meltrack and freeing the minds of our people. Because we did not just come over on slave ships, and we do not, we have a far longer history than what they're trying to tell us to do. So we need to go to battle with the Mexican scholars. We need to go to battle with anyone who's trying to uh, minimize our span and influence all throughout world history. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more, Brother Ish. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And, um, yes, and that's why it's just important, you know, for the masses and for us to support, you know, endeavors such as Meltrek. You know, um, to get, you know, we need to provide the world with a Eurocentric, I'm sorry, Eurocentric, an Afrocentric uh, perspective um, on history. You know what I mean, Brother Ish? Because when, you know, when, when, when you allow your child to be indoctrinated with a Eurocentric view, of, of the world, this is what you get. You know, this is, this is that's what you get. I mean, I've never even heard of the black president in Mexico. 
in the fact that Mexico was established um, by, you know, a, a black man. You know, I was busy doing the homework on, I was busy doing the homework on pre-Columbia, uh, pre, the, the pre-Columbian era, but you just gave me some um, things to brush up on. And, and I can agree with you more that these things need to be highlighted, you know? A a absolutely. You know, the black, the black townships that were established by the Mexican government opening up their doors, allowing for the Africans to come and establish these black townships of freedom. You know, these are very, very important uh, instrumental things in order for us as African people. You know, they allow for the Seminoles and for these creeks to come in there set up those townships right on the border, you know. So these, these are very uh, a rich history and, and relationships that our children need to know about. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. That's powerful. No doubt. That's yeah, absolutely I powerful. You know, you know, I want to well, just quickly open it up because um, I know we've got so many people that want to ask questions to the Armand Ross squad. Um, so I'm going to open it up to one of our callers in right now um, to a brother that I'm sure most of you who actually watch our debate series on Titans TV, which is Speaker's Corner, um, you know, you hear his music being played as an intro as well, and as well as an outro, as well as, you know, a team of Cyrus being flashed up on every single one of our Speaker's Corner's uh, DVD. So, I'm um, sorry, Speaker's Corner uh, debate series. So, I'm going to open it up to Wally Akhtab. Wally? If you're there, I know you've got a question to ask um, pertaining to evolution. So if you're free, please um, ask away. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you can hear me. Peace, everybody. Uh, peace, brother Ankh-ish. Uh, also, Dr. Maat, man, you are a favorite in this house. Everybody in my house loves you to death. Just want to let you know that. Uh, I wanted to ask you Greetings, greetings. I wanted to ask Brother Ankh really quick. I know that everybody's always bugging him about evolution, and uh, I'm a real big supporter of the Amara Squad. Everything y'all do, man, is just right on point. I, I wanted to know if you ever thought of uh, anybody has ever uh, thought about uh, the, the weeks that babies go through, you know, from week one to week 40. Isn't that a sign of evolution as well? Because, you know, a baby doesn't start out at week one or week three, eight pounds, six ounces with a heartbeat you know, full fingers. So I wonder know if, you know what I'm saying, has anybody ever thought about that? It's kind of like, like adaptation. adaptation. Like, like uh, you, uh, know, you know, fetus maturing, cell transformation. That's like, that's, that's like transformation. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I just, I wanted to, uh, to because I always thought about that as, as like, you know, just simply as something changing from something yeah. else. It is. It, it, it is. It's it is. transformation and change. I mean, shows that nothing is a daggone silent and pops about a little bit. Sure, man. Uh, and that's the hardest thing thing for people to see, man. They don't. They they're not looking at the well. Based off of Europeanisms, right? We have separated ourselves. Based off of religion, we have separated ourselves from the whole of nature, and allowed someone to tell us that something that is separate from nature has made us. That absolutely makes no sense. So in actuality, evolution seeks to explain the diversity that's on planet Earth. It does not seek to explain how life got on Earth. It does not uh, seek to kill away your mythology, 
right? It does not. It just simply seeks to explain how on earth that different organisms can share in DNA, bro. Like, and no one, I don't even ask people the tough questions because if it really got thick, I would just start asking people questions. I don't even ask people questions like, okay, since chimpanzees and human beings, right, are two separate organisms, how in the hell can they share DNA? Ain't nobody going to give me that answer because there's only one thing that we can observe, right, that those two organisms, right, share in a common ancestor. That's the only answer you have. Whatever answer could you use for that? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know what I mean? It, it's just important because I sat in a chair uh, 10 years ago saying I'm not going to deal with that monkey shit. Excuse my language, right? And I had an elder who I never disrespected. He just beat me up every week. And I'll never forget in the African history class at the Shrine of Black Madonna, Brother Ola Tunja. Every week, he just beat me up. He said it's on because I was a new whopping. I'm talking crazy. He's like, all right, we're going to get it in every week in class. And we got it in. Week one, I was strong. Week two, I was almost strong. Week three, I was fading down the stretch. You know what I'm saying? By the time three weeks, three months got in, and, and he allowed me to teach my first class, they kind of set me up. It's on YouTube. Dad going sister was like, hey, Unc, you're so African. Since you're so African, what the hell problems do you have with the monkeys? I had to scratch my head. I, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks that, why do I have a problem with the monkeys? And I had to realize that racism, white supremacy had taught me to hate the whole of nature. And I had to get right back in my mind to understand that everything is interrelated. Like John Henry Clark say, everything is everything. And so if everything is everything, Modern science seeks to explain that. And so how else do you explain it? You look at the Egyptians. Uh, they, they, they had a, a methodology of explaining nature. You know, Ujao translated the, uh, the mathematical papyrus. Maybe he'll talk about that, right, where, where you see the scientific method right in front of your eyes. So, so this science thing, man, ain't nothing new. And it's very disrespectful to our ancestors that created the method of looking at looking at nature. Very disrespectful, man. And it's not the Amaral Squad thing to try to make a person uh, understand everything. That ain't really our thing. We're just trying to say, look, man, think use your mind. Go ahead, brother. So I mean, beyond, uh, I just want to add to that because that makes a lot of sense. Beyond that, would it be fair to say that not only do we share common traits with other primates, but we also share stuff. Uh, with different things that have come from outside of the planet. Uh, I mean like mercury or iron or stuff like that that's grabbed on to different things and helped form the earth as, as it is today. Are we not a composite of all the elements is what I'm saying? Well, well, watch this. They're not coming from outside because exactly where are we right now? Do you know where we are right now, brother? Take a guess. Where are we? We're on earth. No, we're in space. We're in space on a pile of dirt. I promise you. That's what we, so so everything is in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's we're all in space, and it's not hard to figure that out. And so you're right. The natural elements. The question is, 
I'll never forget this, man. I was taking a college course, and they was talking about the exact thing you was talking about. And they were saying, well, how can you prove that there are other, other elements, right, in other star systems? They say, we can prove it. Guess why? Because each element gives off certain different color signatures. And all they got to do is look for those different color signatures, and then they'll go uh, potassium, magnesium, iron, boom, 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 all reside there based off of them color signatures. Golly, brother. Brother, I keep taking me back to the periodic table. Remember the periodic table? <laughs> yeah. The periodic table. They got, they got empty spaces in the periodic table. They that sure do. You know what's up there, but they haven't devised a system to kind of capture that element yet. Uh, Come on, man. Like, stop it. Like, the alien garbage, the whole nine yards, man. Stop it. Like, yeah, I think uh, I think what you call it. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh something. I think he forgot that because uh, I think he was talking about the tenth planet. I think he forgot that Pluto ain't even a planet no more. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I I wanted to add something. Um, people seem to skip over, and and it's a very profound um statement. It's real simple. That every single person, every single animal ever born is the same species as its parents. And, and if people pause and think about that for a second, every single uh, person and animal and plant is the same species as its parent. So when you think about evolution and you think about that statement, you'll realize that, that when we discuss evolution scientifically, what people are really having a problem with are the, are the uh, labeling systems that are given to different uh, differentiations over long, long, long periods of time where we can make these distinctions. But in essence, every single plant and every single person is the same species as its parent and their children as well. So you think about it in a chronological time period, the farther you go back, the farther you go back, there's never a point where one species gave birth to a different species. There's no such thing because you are the same species as your parent. Yeah, that's not evolution. That's foolery, like a cracker duck. <laughs> a exactly. An <laughs> <a> alligator duck. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so that people need to really, really think about that. Yeah, they yeah, everybody need to really take their time and just learn that learn the terminology, man. Like 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 people have said a million times, yo, we don't come from monkeys. Why didn't the Amaral Squads teach that? Dog Charles Darwin didn't teach that. Um, we ain't never taught that. And you talked about the, uh, uh, the naming systems. I'm not opposed. Watch this. I would never be opposed to African people adding African terms. You, you know what I'm saying? But you know what you're going to find out? If you got this, this money right here, right, two $10 bills, and you want to no longer call them a $10 bill, you want to call it a boo-boo, right? You're going to find out that this boo-boo and this boo-boo got the same things in common. So even if you change the terminology, you're going to find out that these two things are going to have the same things in common. You're not going to get away from that. So if you don't want to use the word primate and you want to use uh, uh, sababu, right, you're going to find out that the sababus all carry the same types of things. Appendages, larexes, um, hair, you know what I'm saying? That, that you know, like a mammal. I mean, it's a reason why they call things mammals. M mammals have hair. You know, mammals give birth a certain way. 
Um, a kangaroo is a mammal, but it's a certain type of mammal. Um, it, it's, it's no getting away from that. So, I mean, even, even a whale and a dolphin are mammals. They're not fish. You know why? But they're vertebrates. Why are they vertebrates? Because they have spines. Right? And we was in the museum and we seen the skeletons and, I, and, and me and Ish talked about how look at these different quote-unquote primates, but look at the skeletal systems. That's why they're similar because they all, they carry skeletal systems. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so you got, you got uh, reptiles or turtles. You also have amphibians. I mean, they're, they're categories. And I mean, you know what, man? Look, at the end of the day, man, I think it's important to understand evolution because if we are going to run infrastructures, if we are going to deal with running our own civilizations and culture, man, we got to be able to deal with things that transform and change. So you got to be able to deal with that. All right. As we're running into the very last segment of the show right now, um, I'm going to ask everybody who has asked their question just to literally drop out so we can get everybody in who wants to ask their questions to the Armin Ross squad. Um, we've actually got a question right here from uh, Ashamed to Be Here. Um, my question to Ankh is twofold. One, where is the missing link? Two, if we, Homo sapiens, have evolved from monkeys, then are you saying the white man is the greatest species since they are the latest? And that is from Ashamed to Be Here. You know what? Based off of what a shame to be here, you ought to be ashamed to be here for that question. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to get started, brother. Bonafire, bonafire upon that. There you go, that monkey talk again, man. Right. Because, because nothing that person just said, right, actually fits in the scientific community. It actually fits in the religious pseudo community. Because no scientist would say any of those things. Like, I'm understanding that you don't understand evolution, so you should do this. Look. Watch this. Uh oh, you're getting ready to get a book, um, Brother Garfield. <laughs> no, no, you gotta do. Look, before you come ask Brother Uncle a question again, read this book right here Evolution for Dummies. Because you're a dummy on the subject matter. <laughs> Watch this. Evolution does not teach just because something, right, came after something that that thing would either be superior or less superior. That's not what evolution teaches. That's not evolution. That's called racism, white supremacy. I'm going to say it again. Evolution does not teach because the Europeans, right, pale skin gene happened around 10, 15,000 years ago. That does not mean that they are superior. Or the last thing that was made is made more superior. That's called racism, white supremacy, and ignorance of the subject matter. Plain and simple. You, you, matter of fact, your question wasn't even directed at evolution. It was directed at something somewhere over there. None of your questions had anything to do with evolution, so I know you do not understand the subject matter. Just like Ali Baba Muhammad, he did not understand the subject matter. He did not understand the terms used. Let me show you why. When you look at A00, or when you look at the 3.5 million year old footprint, they say 3.5 year old human footprint. Ah oh, man, humans are here 3.5 million years ago. Yes, but not AMH, not anatomically modern humans. AMH, 
Because when you use the term human, you got at least 27 different types of humans that resided on the planet. Most people don't know that. Homo hepatogensis is a human. Homo agastar is a human. Homo neanderthal is a human. Homo sapiens sapiens is a human, which is a different species. So most people don't understand the subject matter. So once again, evolution does not teach that the last thing that comes up on the evolutionary chain is more superior or less superior. It does not teach that. So, you know, it's just interesting how people, you know, they want to talk the talk, but they don't want to read and study and walk the walk. Learn mm. what evolution is first. I want to um, add something also for the person who asked that question, is that um, the word, the term great apes, is these are taxonomic words, biological taxonomy, and I suggest your listeners to look that up. Uh, these are classifications. A great apes is synonymous with um, hominid. You have hominidae, which are um, which humans are, or Homo sapiens sapiens are. So when people say, "Do humans or why or or the fact that we don't come from monkeys or we are not apes or do we come from apes, etc." Human beings of today are great apes, and that's a that's a that's a big distinction or or something that people have to wrap their mind around. It's just a classification. Human beings of today are classified as great apes. You don't come we don't come from great apes. We are great apes. It's just a classification term. And if people don't like that term, great apes, then just use the word hominid. And then primate. as a or use primate. Or, primate or use primate. And, and, and below that is the genus, which is homo. That's where you get the different homos, homos. So you have homo, and then you have the other classifications that come after that. So this is real, real important. People need to become more literate of the different terminologies, and then, and then we will um, have better discussions and better questions and better dialogue. Yeah, it's right here. Y'all see the screen, right? Everybody see the screen? Yeah, yeah, we see the screen. We see it. Yes, sir. Right, we'll see it. <laughs> here you go, right here. All right, man. Uh, right in front of your face. You got Lucy. Okay, scientific classification. Scientific classification. Lucy's right there. Kingdom. Animalia. All right, man. You got uh, you got um, Homo agastar. Kingdom. Animalia. You got Homo erectus. Kingdom. Animalia. Watch this. Phylum Cordea. Phylum Cordea. Phylum Cordea. Look it up what a Cordea is. Look it up. Watch this. Homo sapiens. Kingdom animal. Phylum Cordea. Class Mammalia. Class Mammalia. It's right here. Homo erectus is in the same class as Homo sapiens sapiens. But if you move out, look at the genius. The genius and a homogeneous. I told you. Genius, the homogeneous, homo gastar, homo aphrogenesis, which is orthopithecus. That's not in a homogeneous family, see? Take your time. The species, this species is homo erectus. This species is homo sapien. This species is homo adultu, which is archaic human. It's not hard, family. You just got to start running your mouth. Take your time and answer the question because I didn't forget the whole question. It was a long question. The answer is we are all missing links in the puzzle. Thought I forgot, didn't y'all? Nope. 
Hey, yo, Unc, this is Kufu. What's up, man? What's going on, Kufu? Yeah, all they got to do is um, they could check out a good documentary on that. Um, when people talk about this missing link, it's called uh, Dawn of Humanity, and it came out on PBS. And this documentary was uh, basically when they found the um, Homo Naladi in South Africa in the uh, Rising Star Cave. And they brought the, um, when they found some of the bones, and, the, you know, the, the area that they found it in, the cave was very hard to get to. So they brought a whole near uh, National Geographic team out there to film the whole, the whole you know, research dig, the excavation. And um, one thing about it, when they found Homo Nalata, they're thinking that it could be a new species um, for the simple fact that it had modern, um, like, feet, modern hands, modern jawbones, but it had other primitive proportions, like Australopithecus features, you know, within its limb proportions. So basically what they came to understand is that there might not be no missing link because ah. the breeding within these the breeding go. within these families have been going backwards and forth there since time immemorial. Thank Just you. like when you go to um to East Asia or you go to Asia and you see the people in Tibet, how can they breathe in those hot in those mountains? In those areas a normal person can't go into those mountains, but they realize when they looked at the human uh the HLA, the human lucrative antigens that they had um Denisovian genes in them and they also had neanderthal in them and they say some of them could have even mixed with homo erectus but for the simple fact that when humans left out of africa and went into um like asia certain areas they didn't have a diverse um immune system to survive in those areas so by breeding with populations that was already there for thousands of years they gave them a more chance of survival so they had to pick up different uh genetic traits in order to survive in different areas so that's another thing people need to take a look at and remember as well. Say, so, hey, brother Kufu, I got a quick question. You said it's called the name of the documentary is called Dawn of the What? Dawn of Humanity. Dawn of Humanity. And did they ever? Because um, I read the article like back in May on the National um, Ge Geography or National Geographic uh, magazine. Did they ever date that um, that new that new species, or did they ever date it? I think the dating that they're tr that they're coming out with because of you know the age of it is I think they're coming out with a new way to date it this year actually it's either this year okay. or next year it's a new technology that they got to use. Um, wow. Okay. So they're not using the traditional dating stuff. Correct. Okay. And we can't forget about the uh, Corora pithecus which is uh, definitely changing the um, the data, uh, pushing the um, the common ancestor further, further back, almost two million, um, two million years, from 10 to 8 million years, when they say the common ancestor split and environmental pressures uh, started the, the, uh, the different differentiations. And there's so a, it's, push, it's pushing it back, um, Wajiru, from 7.4 to what, 10 now? From approximately 8 to 10. What y'all talking uh, about? Uh, the Corora um Abyssinicus. Oh, okay. The new one? 2.7. Somebody told me 2.7. No, they didn't. And, and, and one of the supporters said, uh, Brother Darrell, he said, uh, the Earth and the universe is nothing but a huge recyclable machine that never stops. That is absolutely right. Everything is biodegradable. 
right? That's why we do what we're supposed to do while we're here. There's no coming back because there is nowhere to go. Everything will be recycled. Nature does that exact science of using everything. So, you know what I'm saying? So, while y'all waiting to go to heaven, Unc ain't worrying about going to heaven. Because in heaven, you know they say they got 144,000 uh, uh, males that have sex going to heaven. Men, come on. That's what's you know going what on in heaven. Read the text. 144,000 men. Men. Uh -huh. Going to heaven. Never Uncle been touched by a woman. The My fault. Mm. For eternity. <laughs> Think okay. about that now. And you know what? <laughs> um, I just want to let everybody know <laughs> who wants to actually get in. Um, there is the link in the description box, literally down below. It's called the call in link. It's called the call in link. There's a hangout link that will take you right in uh, to this hangout right now. And I'm going to ask you, when you come in, uh, please be respectful. Ask your question, and I'm going to have to ask you just to leave so we have more room. Because we literally reached the last section of the show right now. So um, if there's anybody on the panel that's just entered and if they've got a question, please ask it right now. Okay. Assalamu okay. alaikum, people. Wa alaikum assalam, king. How you doing? Salami and bacon. Salami and bacon. How you doing, brother? What did he just say? Bacon. Salami and bacon. Salami slapped me up about bacon. And for your information, for your information, Ark, talk about the Muslim heaven, the Orthodox Muslim heaven. You got seventy-two virgins up there for you, boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, I like that. You're right. I like that. I like that. Okay, I got a question. I just want to put a question to you, which um, someone may ask. What would you say is the difference between your, let's say, us then looking at the output of scientists who do the experiments and present it back to us, and we logicize it and then say accept it to be factual and true, and somebody else to accept what his imam or priest or rabbi tells them? So I'm saying because we don't have laboratories, we don't actually do the archaeology ourselves, what would you say is the difference? As in belief. Like we're trust somebody might say that we're trusting the scientists and they're trusting their imams, their pastors and their rabbis. What would you say is the difference? And that's the brother Ishmael if he Uncle Ishmael, I think. Indeed. Um what I would say is I, I guess one is rooted in, in faith and doctrine, and the other one is independent of the faith and the doctrine. You can have a religious uh, perspective and attempt to back up certain parts of science to further the belief in one's doctrine. But we dealing with it in a scholarship point of view. It's going to be independent of a person's religious faith if you're going to be true to the science itself. It has to be independent of one's dogma, dogmatic belief. So one is just going to be dealing with the facts and the data and it will lead you wherever it's going to go. Someone else may be led by a dogma or a belief, we'll say, for instance, a Bible. And if you're dealing with a Bible with a history of 6,000 years, you now have to reason with yourself of how are you going to justify such a vast history and then capsulize that and minimize that to only 6,000 years. And then how do you justify languages that are 12 and 60 and 70,000 years? Come on. You know, or rocks formations or 
or the magnetic uh, uh, embed into the stone itself or dinosaurs and all these other things. You have to justify that and weave that into your philosophy of faith or you may lose your sanity because you're enslaved to a book and a doctrine. I don't have that burden because I can just embrace the truth and embrace it from an African perspective and it overrides any religious philosophy that I would ever espouse. I use religion as in my faith in order to help guide me and to keep me on a path that I feel comfortable in, but not if it's ever in conflict with the truth. Uh -huh. Powerful, powerful, brother. Okay. Um, if, powerful. Let me just say this. Um, for those people, for instance, who believe in their voodoo elders and they actually have a culture where they experience either what's foretold or if they get someone to do what is called magic, so-called magic on somebody, and generation after generation, they see it manifest. So therefore they believe in it. Would you not also say that's science? Um, can I address that? Yeah, please, yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, you know, you brought up magic. Magic, magic is only magic. Sorry, I said so-called magic. Right, so-called magic is only magic to those who are ignorant to to how it operates and how it works. To those who know how it works and how it operates and actually perform it and apply it, it is science to them. And and when you asked your first question, one of the major differences between someone believing science and someone believing uh, religious uh, belief a belief system is that the person that believes science doesn't really believe science. There's a difference. It, it needs to be a distinction made that science means to know, and, and science is the method in which we know when we know something. So science is not asking or demanding or coercing anyone to believe it. And this is why sci a scientist cannot be lazy. A scientist has to do a tremendous amount of work in order to uh, be classified as a scientist or have a scientific mind or be scientifically uh, literate. So it's totally Brother different. Yes. Sorry, sorry to cut you. The, the question was more about the same way how, let's say, some people trust the scientists, okay. not the science itself. They okay. trust the scientists, okay. and then this person trusts their priests or their elders. Okay. And I'm saying, let, let's say we don't have our own laboratories, we don't do the archaeology ourselves, we don't do the DNA ourselves. Both people may be justified to this degree where I'm saying if in someone's life they've gone to a priest or whoever it is and they've said, look, this is going to happen, here's something, carry this on you, this will protect you from this situation. And it happens maybe ten times in their life. That to them would be science. They would be justified in believing that. So I'm saying no, not the no, science no, no, no. itself, but the experience of trusting. See, that's why I wanted to make clear, Ujo. Say again. I, well, I just wanted to make clear the difference between science, because what you're, what you're, in, in your question, you're, you're setting up a, a, um, a improper um, comparison, and that, that's what I'm trying to show you. That, that science is, um, you say, you know, when a person trusts a scientist or a person trusts their imam or, yeah. or minister, or minister, or whatever, um, a scientist is not a scientist without the science. So when you say a person is trusting a scientist, then it is no different than someone trusting a minister. But we don't even have to use those labels as a scientist or minister. Anybody trusting in anything 
would be a, a simple trust or faith or belief. So, so you know, I'm just saying we have to be careful about making those uh, comparisons where they don't really fit together. Let me let me say this. Um, when you drive a car, right? You're actually driving technology and science, right? The difference between religion and science is science shows and proves itself. It's simple. Like when some people say alternative medicine, there's no such thing as alternative medicine. It's either medicine that works or it don't work. So either the priest, whatever they're doing, it either works or it don't work. Science, right? It's as simple. It's not, it's not even. It's not even complicated. Either you can go hamna 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 and block them damn bullets, or you can't. If you can tell the future, right, with somebody coming down to your tribe and protect you, or you can't. It's not complicated. Science ain't complicated either. Science shows and proves itself. You got good science and bad science. Science that ain't working right. The numbers ain't coming together. Things aren't holding up. Buildings fall down all the time based off of bad engineering. So, I mean, you know, this is not even a, they shouldn't even be discussed in the same thing. A man should be able to have his faith and his belief if he so choose to, right? And, you know, and, and you should be able to deal, you, you have to deal with science. Like, you can't get away from other nature. And there's only one way that you can deal with nature, and that's to observe her. She has all the answers for you. And this is all the Nile Valley Africans were talking about when they kind of produce this document right here. Um, this is your document. Hold on, this is your document right here, Joe. Hold on, let me put, let me show them this, because I think sometimes we get it mixed up, and the institution ain't be mixed up. I mean, Ishmael just told you, man. Look, I got my I'm a Muslim. I got my with a faith. With a faith. <laughs> I'm not going in the face of goddamn common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like the Africans should have never abandoned science. Should have never did it. So watch this, right? Let me show you something. Y'all see the screen, right? It's right here in front of your face. All right, y'all see the screen, right? Yep. Here you go. The Rhine Mathematical Papyrus, 1650 BC. Copied by, what's that, Amis, right, from 1850. It's the Rhine Mathematical Papyrus. Why is this significant? It's right here. Page one, translating by, translating by Ujau. Talk to us with exact, look. Right here, right? It say the correct method uh, your screen. of investigation. You gotta right? click on it. Oh, change. Click on the um one you click on the one you're quoting, bro. Can you see it? No, you have to click on the one that you're talking about because we see the beginning. The first right. Well, let me see. Should sure, click. I just wanna brother Uncle, I just wanna clarify. Your answer is the answer that I've given, and that is um the application of it when you see it yeah. manifested, yeah, that's when you know the science working. Yeah, if, yeah if, I probably should have asked you first. So yeah. I was going to say that had that been the first answer, that would have led to what I was going to say next. But that would probably go into a lot more deeper things. But anyway, continue, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the screen showing now again? No. I can see your screen. It's just that the particular slide is your first slide. You got to click on whatever slide number you. It has the picture of the scarab capra. All right, here we go. Right, right. That's all right. There it is. Huh? Here it is. Keep it. That's the one. Let me see. All right, hold on. 
Tap Hesib. Correct method. Wait. Oh, it's gone. Is it gone again? Yep. Yeah, it's just um on the it's just showing your very first slot. If if you're if you're in slot sharing mode, play mode, you have to share your whole screen and not just that app. Yeah, I thought I was showing the whole. Hold on, let me do this. I'm gonna do it like this. What I'm gonna do so we can get ahead. I think this is very very important, huh? What you had there was good enough. We could read it. Mm -hmm. Try one more time. While you're doing, I just want to you know reiterate that you know a lot of us. We really have to uh, go back to the drawing board and understand what these things are because a, a lot of the problems that people are having in discussing evolution is due to people misunderstanding what evolution is. And the same thing with science. Um, if, if people slow it down and just go back to the drawing board and reacquaint um, yourself with what is science and what is evolution, what is a theory, you know, what is a theory? People think theories are just hunches and just guesses. You know, I hear people say uh, it's just a theory, it's not a fact, and things like that. Um, it, when people say that, it, ju it just shows that they don't understand what a theory is in the first place. And the same thing about conversations about science. They ask about science. They don't understand what science is and how it's applied and what it means. You know, so um, I just implore everyone to really just slow down and, and, and go back. And on, okay, which are hold on, 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 to watch is the correct method of investigating nature. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why people don't get that. It's right here in front of your face. White people didn't make that up. That's a bunch of crap, man. And we're just uneducated on the subject matter, man. And we have a limited perspective on what's really going on, man. And we're making ourselves look bad to the rest of the world. Like, watch this. Y'all see this book, right? Let me show y'all something. The mistake. Here's a mistake right here that they always do all the time. They say, well, that's a theory, right? That's not a fact. How come theories can change if it was a fact? Now, do y'all see this book, right? Here's the theory. For instance, I'm just making look. This is a scientific theory on this book. Can we all see this book, yes or no? Hey, Unc, you got the book upside down. No, that's cool. Let it go. Don't worry about that. It's on purpose. <laughs> let me do. Let me work my magic. Watch this. Okay, I'm just making sure you knew, brother. Here's the book, right? Based off our observation, correct? Because because my hand is stuck. So all y'all can see is this front of this book, right? And all we know is this book. And so this will be the theory of this book. And on this book, there's blue writing, and there's nothing else but this book. There's nothing behind this book because our technology does not allow my hand to rotate yet. So all we can do is this. And so as of the moment, the best we know is this book. And there's nothing else on this book. There's nothing behind this book. But watch this. As we get better technology and we learn to rotate the book, all of a sudden we find out that it's not just a book. It's something else behind the book, a back scratcher. 
Now we can change the theory. So now a new theory is revised. The new theory includes all this information that we understood about the front of the book, and now it has the new theory includes the new information that the new technology that was pushed by science that allows us to see the back of the damn book. So you would have to change the first theory that only took into account this observation. As you get better technology, when things start to rotate now, our technology now allows us to understand that there's something behind this book, and it is this. Very simple. So we're never stuck in science. So we always say things like, as of now, this is what it is. So as of now, the only information we had was allowing us to know this. As things got better and more technology got better, now we recognize that the old theory has been overturned by the new theory. The new theory must include all the information here and add to the information, and then that theory can be overturned. That is science, and that's what our people do not understand. They think it's supposed to be stuck. Religion is stuck because Jesus Christ died for your sins, and you can't change that. Wow. See, this is what I love Unc. You know, he makes the most difficult things seem so simple. Um, you know, on that note, we've got Brother Malik, um, who is just entered in the studio right now as a panel, member, a panel who member who actually wants to ask a question. So I'm going to open up to him uh, for him to have his say, and we've literally reached the end of the show. So please, Brother Malik, have your say. Peace. Peace, my brother. Peace, my brother. Um, there's a lot I actually wanted to say, and um, I've been really trying to uh, get in touch with Art to really build with him on some things. But um, the thing I want to touch on. Excuse me. Give what you brother. Okay. So, you know, the thing that I wanted to touch on is um, spirituality is very real. Um, not trying to sound spooky. Um, I just think that there's some things that cannot be explained. Um, just as in science, and I, I don't, I don't um, discredit science. Uh, just as there's things in science that is theory, and things that's yet unknown. Um, I just wanted to like put that out there. Um, the other thing is the sister touched on earlier when she was talking about the Americas, uh, Mexico in particular, and stuff like that. I think that that's very important. Um, that people realize um, they, they they have a very, um, I, I believe it goes on both ends. It goes with the so-called Latinos. It goes with the black people here that um, there is a misconception of our history um, that we have very much a lot in common, that we are brothers and sisters, and that white supremacy plays a role and for as far as the ignorance that we may experience from one another due to just not being educated. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had a question, oh, but what did he say about the science and theories? What did you say, brother? Yeah, I wanted. To, yeah. Yeah. What were you saying about? What were you saying about? No, I, I had said that just as. In science, you know, there's things that cannot be explained at times. They, there, there are just theories. It doesn't mean it's an actual fact. No, I don't, no, do you understand, no, brother? No. Do you understand? Do you understand what the difference is? Do you know what a theory is? Do you know what a theory is? 
or the scientific definition of what a theory is? Please tell me, because I don't want to be incorrect. Okay. Okay. When you say that something is theory, in science, a theory has been tested. You understand what I'm saying? So a, a scientific theory is 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 well explained. You understand what I'm saying? And it goes through testing, and it's confirmed through either like observation or experimentation. That's a scientific theory. So a scientific theory isn't a philosophy that somebody thought of. It's actually something that has been tested through um, experiments or observation. So it's, it's based around facts. It facts. So you know, when, when people think of theory, I think of I think that people get theory and hypothesis confused. Like they treat it like it's synonymous, and and, and it's not. So a scientific theory versus a hypothesis is is they're two totally different things. So when someone says, okay, this is a scientific theory, or when someone presents a scientific theory, they are presenting something that has been well explained. Um, and something that's been confirmed through observation and experimentation. Now, when you just have an hypothesis, you know, it's just an educated guess. I'm just guessing. I'm just speculating. But when I present a theory, this theory has been proven. This theory has been tested. And I, that's different. Yeah, I, I, I want, a scientific hypothesis too. I want y'all to know that too. And I just want to add to sisters, uh, Doctor. Um, my eye is, is on point and just to add to it is that if people um, I can think the easiest way for people to kind of move away from the misconception uh, of what a theory is is to just substitute the word theory with explanation substitute the word theory for explanation then, then say explanation of what the explanation of a set of facts yep that's what a theory is a theory is a substantiated or a explanation of a well substantiated group of facts. That's what it is. So it comes at the end of the scientific method, the process. It's not the test itself. It's not the data or the facts itself. It is the explanation of the set of facts. And this is what people got to understand. When people say, well, it's not a fact, it's just a theory. When they, when they use the word just a theory, they're trying to belittle it. And that's just wrong. Right. So this is what people exactly. have to do. Hey, hey, can I can I chime in on that? Sure. Hey, peace panel. It's Brother Black Panther from Moss Warrior Clan. Uh the brother said that there are things uh that he believes that cannot be explained. And you know, they're right. There are things in nature that we are still studying that we still don't have the hundred percent grasp on. But as long as we identify that it is the study of nature and not something uh, spooky or something mystifying, then we come back to reality and we really look at what we're actually studying. Uh, to just give an example, because uh, the system that I'm a part of is IFA, uh, we have a word called AWO. And AWO is the body of wisdom that preserves the rituals that communicates directly with the forces of nature. Now we have a saying called AWO Orisha that translates to the mysteries of nature. Now, as Unc said earlier, no white man made that up. That has always been the language and it has always been what they thought of about the forces of nature. They just named them Orishas. So I think it gets taken out of context like it's not science, but in actuality it is science. And you know, my Babalao has a saying, when you go to the beach and you put your foot in the water, what happens? 
it gets wet. That's the traditions. It's as simple as it's that. It's as simple as that. So and that, and that, let, let me, I, I will, what I want to say, I stand corrected on my usage of the word theory. I want to thank you for uh, correcting me on that. Let me ask you this, uh, brother. Um, I'm initiated in leukemia, um, which I'm pretty sure you know what that is. Um, Say it one more time, brother. One more time, brother. Leukemia, Santeria. Yes, yes, I'm yes, yes, I'm okay. So I'm I'm initiating to it. However, I'm not um your typical practitioner. I don't get caught up in the whole Catholicism Christian aspect of it too much. Um, I just look at it as paying homage to ancestors that were Christian. I don't take it further than that. So I I I strictly deal with Orisha and Egun. Um, so. Being okay, so let me ask you this, right? Have you ever experienced Orisha and Agum? And when you've experienced, have you ever experienced in the sense that it manifested physically? Let me uh, make sure I understand your question. Are you saying, have I ever experienced an Orisha um, situation that manifested physically in my life? Yes, as well as Egun. Have you seen Egun? Egun, Egun is Yoruba for um no, no. for ancestors. No, it's ancestors. But but how can I say this? In in Spanish, we use the term morta, the dead. So. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar. So there's a there's a there's a difference in the sense of you have ancestors that are biologi biological ancestors, and ancestors in the sense that you just they existed. You know that yeah, I got yeah, I got that are that are with us. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm asking, have you, have you ever physically experienced Orisha and Egwene? Physically? Physically? No. Okay, you know what? So, we, you know what? We, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've actually reached the end of the show. Um, we're going to continue this conversation um, off air and behind the scenes. I'm actually going to let uh, my brother Ankh actually close us out for this show, um, but we're going to continue it. You know what? Off air later on, um, and everybody who's actually tuned in right now, there is actually the link. It's called the calling link that is actually below in the description box. Um, before you hit that, please give us a big thumbs up if you've been loving the information that you've been hearing so far, and uh, if you can be as kind as well, just to share this as much as possible on your Facebook, because I know a lot of people, um, you know, watch the first half of the show, but they weren't able to watch the second half. So please just share the link as well. Um, so brother. Ankh or Brother Ish, um, if you all had any closing remarks or announcements? Um, uh, shoot. I'd just like to say, man, continue supporting the Amaral squad, um, Magi Arches, um, Meltrek, Anime, um, Multimedia, Tim Osiris, Masi Clan Warriors. Man, just support us, man. You know, we, we love our people, man. And, you know, we doing the damn thing, man. While other people talking about what we can't do, 
we doing it, man. You know, we just, we black people, and we all love our brothers and sisters, man. Whether you got the cloak of Islam, Christianity, Judaism, man, at the end of the day, man, we know you can't get around that DNA, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, diversity, diversity, yo, is our success, man. So we'll stay diverse. You know, everybody's not going to try to go with the science. I mean, like the brother said, man, he's seen the ancestors, man. I'm going to argue with the brother about that, man. All I will say is, at the end of the day, since we since we have limited time on earth, whatever it is you do, it should supply you with food, clothing, and shelter, and protection. And if it does not, you just have a religion. That's all I want to say. Thank you very much. So we're actually going to be signing out right now. Um, you've literally been tuned in to talk with the Titans. Um, you know what? And we've been having, we've had literally the Armin Ross squad, the Mossy clan, and Team Osiris on the show today, uh, giving us a discourse on new, no pseudo ship with inside of the conscious community at all. We're not having it anymore. No more pseudo ship is allowed. So I've been Calamel, and I've been your host for Talk with the Titans. And we're signing out. Peace. Love.